Good evening and welcome to the first podcast for the Rangers Women Supporters Group. My name is Laura and I do the majority of the social media. So I'm the one that gets all the ticket news, different news and stuff. And I'm joined by Car. You want to give yourself a wee introduction, Car? I don't really do that much. Just make flags and scarves, pester people to buy them. Are they available to buy still, Car? They are, there's still a few left. I think the white ones are sold out, the white tasseled ones, and the pink only has like one left, but there's loads of red tassels available. Excellent. Alan, you want to give yourself a wee introduction? Uh, season ticket holder for the first time this year for a women's team. Last year was obviously where I met a lot of people, or first year going to games, so really looking forward to what we're up against this season. Just on the season tickets that you've mentioned, them, it seems to be that the season ticket holders that already have them should retain their season tickets for last year, but it looks like the ones that have bought them for this year, they should be sent out as far as I'm aware. Don't hold me against, hold that against me if it's wrong. Yeah, I'd contacted the club last week about that and they said the ticket office, they expect we'll be in touch with people closer to the start of the season, or at least the start of the first home game. Which is mental, considering they've been on sale for about two months, but hey-ho. And it also depends on the email collected ticket office or something. Just right, isn't it? Yeah. So we'll kick off with some breaking news today that our young Becca Taylor from the youth team, another one of the young team, has went on loan to Hamilton for the season. So, Car. Do you want to tell everybody about, about Becca, who have seen her a few times? I mean, she's a fantastic player, can score lots of goals, really technically gifted. But we were kind of concerned that she might not be staying with Rangers because they hadn't announced her as signing a pro contract. She's now over the age for playing with the 18s. So we didn't know what was going to happen. So I think it's a good move. I would have liked slightly better team, maybe a, a Hearts or even potentially a mother wall, but it's a good move for her. She'll get hopefully plenty of game time and, you know, be able to grow and then potentially Joe will then think, okay, well, you know, she's good enough for next year. What do you think about it, Alan? Well, I, I think it might be quite a positive move. We saw Ailey Austin do really well at Hamilton, and that's probably influenced the decision on the club's part and on Becker's part, that she'll get a chance to go there, make an impression. And then hopefully come back and do what Ailey looks like doing and being part of the first team squad. Yeah, as we kind of spoke about beforehand, Alan, her going to a team like Hamilton means that she's going to have more playing time, whereas if she was going to a Hearts or a Hibs, she's maybe more likely to be on the bench. So for her to get a good few games under her belt with Hamilton's probably going to be more beneficial to her and us. Definitely. She's going to want to do the same as uh, Kayla Jordan's going to want to do at Motherwell, really make an impact in the league and show that it can actually handle first-team football. It was quite interesting, actually, that Kayla Jordan was on um, at the pre-season camp with us in Pinnitter. That was quite strange. We had Megan Cunningham as well, who's obviously went on loan to Partick again. What do you think of that, Car? very bizarre, isn't it? Like, we send these players out to other clubs and then they get a free trip to Spain to come and learn all our tactics and 
play with us. But I guess it makes sense. Megan makes sense because we need two goalies when they're doing training setups and stuff. We need two goalies for them to be able to play against. And I guess Motherwell aren't full time, so maybe Kayla needs that extra bit of training to kind of get up to speed. It's just it's weird in my opinion, but I guess it makes sense in the women's game when everyone isn't full time, so it's not as easy for them to get as much training as they probably need. So just have a discussion about the pre-season. So far we've played three games and had three wins. We've played Queen's Park, where we won 11-0. We've played Celtic, where we won 2-1 and won the Glasgow Cup. And we've played yesterday Levante in the Pinnacle Arena on our pre-season camp over in Spain. And we won 1-0. Alan, what do you think of the pre-season so far? I think the results have been quite encouraging. I think the most interesting thing has been seeing the new shape and new formation that we're going to be watching. You know, it's a wee bit strange to see some of the players in the positions they're in, but it's going to certainly hope that it's going to mean we're not going to be complaining about a striker brought them too deep and being too far away for the goal like we saw with Kirsty and Kayla last season. What do you think, uh, press so far? <laughs> Yeah, I think they all taught us something different, other than maybe the Levant game, because we only really got quite a short burst of highlights from that game. But obviously the Queen's Park game shows that we've got goals in us, but the link-up between Megan and Kirsty was phenomenal from the highlights that I've seen. I wasn't at the game, but all round, everybody seemed you know, to have picked up what Joel had expected of them, to you know go out and be attacking and not give them any space. We were really high up forcing the goalie into mistakes and the defence into mistakes, which I liked because that was an issue last season that we didn't press and we would move out their way when, you know, the goalie was going to take a long ball or whatever. So that was really good. And then the Celtic game, I think, showed that we had the grit to actually come back from being a goal down to then go and win it because last season we probably would have just given up. Um, the Levant game, I don't know. I think it, it was a good showing from Rachel Rowe. She's really impressed me. Um and then she should have scored yesterday and the pass over to Laura Berry for her to score, score was fantastic. Yeah, that was quite a funny goal where <laughs> Laura Berry, she just kind of bundled it in any way she could and then ended up in the goal herself. But it's a fresh goal that actually counts, but we'll not talk about the other one that she scored. I, I think still... Laura looks like the sort of striker that's going to score those scrappy, ugly goals, just getting in the right place and somehow forcing it over the line. So I think she'll get quite a lot of goals like that. I think that's what we missed last season as well. Somebody that was just going to bundle the ball over the line and it was ugly goals, but that was the kind of goals we were missing because it was more trying to be too fancy and play it into the goal. So we're, we're certainly between Rio, Kirsty and Laura, I think there's going to be a lot of different goals, which is really exciting. So in the warm weather training looked horrendous, I would say, but... Hopefully it holds us in good stead. But I think, as I spoke to you, Cara, it just makes it more disappointing that we've not got that Champions League football because we went against Levante. It seemed to be quite, a, maybe not a struggle, but we were obviously worked really hard. But it just shows that we can do it against these kinds of teams. Yeah, I think that's the whole point, for the whole team to kind of gel, get to know each other a bit better and then have that game. It, it is frustrating that we don't have you know, the Champions League, because they probably would have gone and been all right, because that Levant side came third behind Barcelona and Real Madrid, like two of the best teams in, you know, the women's game. Um, so, you know, the fact that we came out with a win, like, is actually quite incredible. So 
it's frustrating, but I think it stands us in good stead for, you know, next season and potentially seasons after that we've already played teams at a higher level and we know that our system works. So it gives the girls confidence going into this season and then hopefully next season. So would you say, Alan, us not having the Champions League might be a benefit because it lets Joe bed players in more? Quite possibly. I mean, you've seen it um, plenty of leagues before. A team uh, doesn't have Europe goes on to have a really good season because it, they have a wee bit more focus on domestic games. But unlike last season, and domestically, we've got a much tougher start to the season. We didn't play either the other top three until November last year. We've got Glasgow City this month. So we're going to have to be really bang on it right for the start of the season. It's not an easier self into a season. It's a schedule we've got. So that sense, it may be not too bad that we've not got Europe. But maybe I'm just trying to put a positive spin on not getting Europe. Oh, I think it might actually work in your favour, though, because I think we struggled with the easy games last year. And then it was like, Glasgow City, Celtic, and then it was back to the not easy games before anybody jumps on that. <laughs> but the, the teams that should be easy. So I don't know. I think the way the fixtures have worked out might actually work in our favour, Car. What do you think? I mean, it's certainly, you know, it's going to kind of make or break, isn't it? You know, first game should be relatively comfortable against Spartans, uh, Aberdeen should hopefully again be comfortable but then we've got Hearts who were really our bogey team last year who have strengthened quite a lot this season so I think that'll be the game where I think we'll learn a lot whether you know Joe has come in and completely changed the mentality of the team that we've now got and then Glasgow City which it won't be season defining but I think it always is kind of a tale of where both teams are at and you know who's kind of ready for it more than the other so I mean, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be a most exciting August I think we'll probably ever have. We did go and watch Glasgow City today, kind of scouted them a wee bit, went to see Brianna Westrup play for Sunderland. And I said to Alan, weren't it overly concerned considering how we've, when we've seen Rangers play, we've seen them play. Obviously, it's pre-season and it's difficult to judge, but they weren't, there wasn't any alarm bells ringing for me for the way they were set up and the way they were playing. No, I mean, they seemed very slow and they wanted to go side to side and back quite a lot, which I think if we play the way that we played against Queen Park and Celtic, we'd play in a really high press and, you know, not giving them a minute to breathe. I think there's mistakes there. They seemed to kind of struggle a little bit. Fair enough, Sunderland weren't the best themselves, so it was kind of all over the shop at some times. But I'm not overly concerned at this point, but obviously it'll be completely different when we're into competitive games and that might not be the team that they feel that's, you know, it was a lot of youngsters and new players that have just come in kind of gelling. So I don't know, but I'm not overly concerned at the moment. And Alan, you'd seen them the other week against Durham, you said. What did you think of them? I thought they seemed quite slow and, and struggling to get out, but it was a first proper game in pre-season. I found it just surprising that they were far less direct than I found them to be last season. Granted, a few times when they played us, they just seemed to sit in, but they were in a position last season where they could just sit in against us because it had been an attack in the rest of the league. I don't know if that'll really play out as the season goes on. I think maybe they will go back to being a bit more direct, but this is Leon Rossi's first full season in charge after taking over. So we'll see how much that changes. And Carver, playing a new 
um, shape and formation this season, or certainly in pre-season anyway, a 3-4-1-2. So how do you think that's going to benefit us against the teams we kind of struggled against last year? I think it helps having two up top and then Megan or whoever's sitting in behind because it gives us more options there. I think last season we kind of struggled with just having the one up top and people didn't know who, who to give the ball to and a lot of the time they were then having to come deep themselves, which, you know, wasn't ideal. The back three is interesting to me. I'm not 100% on that yet with how that will work and also with Tess being centre-back for two of the games is just... Same old, same old. I don't really understand why we brought in a centre-back and then Tess is playing a centre-back, but maybe she's just not up to full fitness yet. We won't know, but it's very exciting for me. I love that we're able to play a different formation. She seems to be able to make changes throughout the game. Do we need to? Like, we can drop back into a back. I think you said they were warming up in the back five at one point. So Mm. there's options there, which is nice that should a game go a certain way, we've got different options to to change the game, which we didn't have last season, which is very exciting for me. Yeah, it certainly gives us options, Al, doesn't it? Definitely. I think it'll make a break of system, depending who's playing at the back. It's a very different back three if you're playing Rachel and Nick with two of the centre-backs, who will naturally get forward and support has been Brogan and Jody out wide so far. But I think it'll be... Very interesting if it was a back three, if you look at who's available, say Cathy, Tess and Michelle. That would be interesting. We have spoke to the players and like Rachel and Nick have said, kind of said that it's like a bit of getting used to, they're used to playing in the back four, but it's only going to make them better players in the long run, as much as they're a wee bit older that might not move to other clubs, but it makes them better players as well, Kath, doesn't it? Yeah, I think as well... Um... Rachel Rowe, I think, had played as a left-back previously, which, you know, it gives us options if we need to move Nick into centre-back role more so and then play her as a left-back. I think it gives us options there, but I would like us to bring in potentially another one or two kind of centre-backs or full-backs just to give us that cover there because that is the area that we're kind of lightest on. But it is nice to have extra options now and the depth and quality of the squad that we've now got is phenomenal compared to what we were at the end of last season with the amount of injuries and players that we didn't bring in that we should have probably brought in but not to dwell on the past but we're certainly moving in a very exciting direction which is so nice to finally say that we're not just same old same old yeah well just a bit the Levante game there was a meant to be a trialist that played that never got played but was a forward Alan would are you surprised at that do you think it would have been should have been centre-back at least? I definitely think we maybe need maybe another option at the back. It really depends maybe on how highly Joe Potter rates Jenna Ferguson and Summer Laird. If she feels they're ready to be a, a full part of the first-team squad. I think we were making guesses at that trial who's maybe Sarah Ewan's whose <laughs> clearance is maybe not through and that's why she was listed as a trialist. But, you know, I've certainly not heard any more sort of talk or rumours about who who's training with the squad. Well, it would have made sense with Sarah Ewan's car, wouldn't it? Because she has been a former brought in, but she's been nowhere to be seen so far. At the Celtic game, I think it was, she was doing some extra conditioning work. So maybe she's just not fit enough yet. Yeah, I think that's 
Yeah, I did jokingly say to you, I bet it's Sarah and we've just not changed it. But Al makes a good point there that maybe the clearance hasn't come through yet. So we technically haven't signed her as an official Rangers player yet. So maybe we do have to list her as that. But then it's weird that, you know, she was meant to start and then all of a sudden Megan was playing and then she never came on at all, which is bizarre. So I don't know if she's maybe struggling a little bit with not really fit or maybe a bit injured. So it's a weird one, but. I was getting excited thinking we had somebody new in, but now it probably is actually just Sarah Ewers. <laughs> we'll just ignore that. my cat screaming in the bathroom. After all the hype, it probably was just her. <laughs> just be like, sorry, we made a mistake. It's fine. He's already know who it was. <laughs> so we'll look ahead again to the season coming of the players that we've brought in. So we've got Rio, Rachel Rowe, Michelle, that we've not really seen much, eh? Uh, Sarah Ewens. Who are we most looking forward to seeing? Alan? I think of an early performances, probably Rachel Rowe. I know Rio probably got some headlines scoring a hat trick against Queen's Park, but Rachel Rowe seems to have made the most impact on the games when she's came on in terms of intensity and just pressing the team higher up the park. And she seems quite a quite a character. She's got to add something to a team, add some something to a squad, so Early stages definitely looks like the most exciting. Although probably more than any of our signings, Michelle's coming in with our track record of winning titles. So I think that experience will really add to the squad as well. Yeah, I think they'd say that our re-interview with Tess that she's is it only twice that she's not won the title. So pretty much in the bag would be as well, just no cover this season. <laughs> I would say Rachel Rowe as well, personally, because she was the one that turned the game around against Celtic. She just came on, took the game with the scruff of the neck and dragged everybody over the line. She also won the penalty, which, dubious or no, she, she won it. And she seemed to be really impressive again yesterday. So who are you looking forward to seeing, Car? I mean, it's a hat-trick. It's Rachel Rowe for me as well. She just looks very creative, not scared of a tackle, loves to get in and about folk, just not giving them any time or space, and loves to take a shot from outside the box, which is my favourite quality of any player. She looks incredible. I am very excited by Rio Hardy as well, but it depends, I think, who she's played beside. I think there could be potential who's next or could sway how she plays, but Rachel just looks... Like the midfielder, we need her, Tess, and Kirsty McLean, or any, whatever you want to call her, as, as the midfield. I think we're we're absolutely sorted. Definitely, I think Rio did look really good when we were at the Queen's Park game, Alan. But then at the Celtic game, she was a bit quieter, and I don't know if she was maybe never realised how physical that it was going to be. Colette Cavanaugh was just kicking everybody, so she was maybe a bit like, "Oh, right, quite a welcome in." But I think, as Car said, she is going to be good, come good for us. She scores a lot of different goals, can score with both feet. So, as we'd said earlier, between her, Kirsty and Laura, it looks like we're going to have a lot of different goals this well, I definitely think Rio Hardy is going to add a different element to attack and she might make my dreams come true and actually attack the front post. All the crosses we put in the box, but it, we need different options, different ways of playing up there. And Kirsty Howitt definitely needs a wee bit of support. Far too often she was isolated and people not getting close enough. But playing three at the back and maybe asking more defensive work in the wingers, it'll be interesting to see if we actually put a lot less crosses in this season. We might be having to play more through the middle. 
So that'll completely change the sort of dynamic of the type of goals we might be scoring. And we've not signed her, but she seems like a new signing with Megan Bell being back in. That's three games out of three she's played. She must be thinking she's dreaming. Car, how happy are you? Just buzzing. And I think you can see from all the interviews and media stuff that she's done that she's just delighted to be finally played and recognised for how good a player she actually is. Because, I mean, I know it's only been three games, but for the talent that she had after coming back from such a horrendous injury to then be sat on the bench was ridiculous when we needed goals in vital games last season and she was just sat on the bench. So I'm so excited to see her back. And I think she really will flourish in behind because then she gives, you know, the option. She can either get played through by somebody else or she can play people through, which she's just such a class player and she deserves to be at the highest level winning things because you know, that's her mentality. That's how good she is. So I'm buzzing. What do you think, Alan? Is she like a new signing? Oh, definitely. I think you've seen plenty of examples in the past where somebody's come back for a bad injury and it's really their second season back they really sort of kick on. Obviously, it makes a difference if she's going to get a lot more game time. It gives her a chance to kick on. But being in the middle, she'll get far more involved in playing out wide where maybe she can drift out of games. But I definitely think we've got to see a lot more goals for Megan this season and a lot more assists. Definitely. And we've got so much attacking threat and that's not even talking about Lizzie and Jane, who are both still injured. But when you think they've got to come back as well, Car, where the depth we've got is just unreal this year. It is. And I think... Because Joe's wanting to play two up top, I think we need that many options because I think she'll figure out who works well together and then that'll be the set two of whatever game we're playing and she can then change it if she needs. Um, Jane and Lizzie, we know, was an incredible pairing in the, the title winning season. And if we can get back to that, I know they're both currently injured and they'll probably be back at different times, but if they both come back firing and get to do that link-up play that they do so well, we're just going to have so many talented players that can score us goals, and that's what we need. Defence might not be the biggest issue if we can just score a barrel load of goals and then just, you know, the rest will take care of itself. So I'm very excited by having them two back and then all the, the new players that we brought in up front. There's also Jodie that's going to be coming into another good season. Hopefully, Alan, you're quite impressed with her, aren't you? What do you think she's going to bring this season now that she's kind of a key part of the team? Well, I think we've seen in the Queen's Park game and even from the highlights I've seen of the Celtic game and the Levante game, she seems to have came back in the summer with so much more belief and confidence. You know, she'll, she'll always score goals if we play her through the middle and give her a chance to get into the box, but she's so far ahead of where she was this time last year in terms of holding on to a ball, knowing when to release it, knowing when to attack a player. Very unlucky not to score that header at the back post against Levante on Saturday. So I definitely think you're going to see probably a bit of a breakout year for Jodie beyond where she was last year. But we talk about people coming back in the team. How good is it to see Nick Dock back in the team? She's unreal. It shows she's been captain three games and she's the one that you can hear constantly shouting, guiding players. And she seems to be 
budded up with Rachel Rowe quite quickly, so poor Sam's been replaced quick, but <laughs> they, see, they seem like a good duo. We might get some good content for them, Cash. Yeah, I think Nick has always kind of been that one on the pitch when she's been on it to be shouting and screaming at everyone and organising everyone and telling them where they need to be. So I think it's finally good that she's getting recognition. You know, we kind of said after the... Whatever year it was, when they were naming a new captain, we all said, well, it's going to be Nick. Like, it definitely should be Nick. And then... It wasn't, and we were kind of like, oh, well, okay, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But we just assumed it'd be Cathy again because you don't really see captains being stripped of the armband very often. So for Joe to come in and kind of be deciding what's what's happening with the captain is exciting for Nick, and I think it's going to spur her on to play even better just so that she's, you know, they potentially can grab that and be like, no, I'm the captain now. This is, this is my team. I'm going to lead. She's so good. She never should have been dropped last season. Maddie was good, but I think there was games where we needed Nick, we needed her long ball, and we just didn't get the same thing with Maddie. So it was weird that she kept getting dropped. But I think that she's cemented that place now. Whether it's centre back, whether it's you know left back, just she's incredible. I think even last season when she wasn't playing, she was the voice you could hear coming through the bench. She just can't help herself, but shout and tell everybody where they should be and what. She isn't officially the captain yet, but three games out of three, it looks like Joe's kind of put her hat on in it. At the Queen's Park game when Cathy came on at half time, she came on as captain, even though Nick was still on. Uh, that's right. But... So I would think that probably points that Joe's not going to change it, but Nick will be captain if Cathy's not playing. Like yesterday, Cathy and Nick were playing, but Nick had the armband, so that's why I'm thinking. Mm. Very interesting to see this week. We should get some promotion with the SWPL, so we be interested to see who goes and does all the promotion because it's usually the captain, so we'll keep our eyes peeled for that. So next weekend, we have got Spartans as our first game. It's a 1pm kickoff at Ainsley Park. What we're thinking for that? Last year, we had a 2-0, Chelsea and Kayla scoring, and a 1-0, so... They're always quite tight games, Carr. What do you think next week's going to be like? Yeah, Spartans are one of those teams that you don't expect them to be as good as they are. They've got a lot of young players. Um, you know, they, they offer a lot defensively, but as well as attack. I know we played them in the, was it the cup semi-final um, and we beat them quite handsomely there. So I think we've got the op- option there that if we just go at them, especially with the new players that we've got, I think we should be all right. But the pitch... It's all right, but it's not my favourite pitch in the the SWPL. So hopefully no injuries and no funny business because they do love a tackle, uh, the Spartans. So I think I'm confident that we're going to go in with at least a two-goal two, two goal win. What do you think, Alan? Tight game or loads of goals? I think we'll, 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 we'll score and win comfortably. Not necessarily start this season we had last season, but uh, the last game at Spartans, they turned it into quite a battle. And we were coming off the back of a terrible result at Airdrie, the game before. So uh, that was a test of character more than anything about turning up and playing well. That was a game where players needed to rally around, recover, and just three points and up the road sort of thing. But I think we were in a good place. Prefer that we'd maybe had one or two extra pre-season games, but I think we'll go there and 
we'll, we'll beat them by three or four. I think we could even have had a, another pre-season game during this week, but does they seem to be forthcoming? But then they weren't really announced in advance anyway. It was all kind of sudden with the Glasgow Cup and then that they were going away. So you never know, they might spring one on us. Probably yeah. on Wednesday night. <laughs> Probably. So uh, what do we think teams might be then? Gareth, go to you first. What the teams might be? As in, like, who's playing? Pick your team, yeah. Is Vic back yet? <laughs> Probably no, she's, not. She's I still she, on her holidays. Yeah, I think so. I think she deserves it as well. So we're going to have Jenna. I mean, it has to be. I don't know. I'd like to think it's going to be Rachel McLaughlin, Michelle and Nick because I don't want to think that she's going to start with Tess as centre-back, but I don't know. Um... Midfield, Rachel Rome, Tess, Kirsty, I'd say probably Chelsea. I think she'll probably go experience. I think they offer us quite a lot. Megan, it's got to be Megan. Um, I think she'll go Kirsty Howitt just because you know she knows the league, she's been here kind of the longest. I'd like to thank Laura Berry because she offers us quite a lot, but I think she'll probably go Rio. Well, Laura certainly knows that ground. She scored there often enough for Scotland, so she might be a wee surprise for us. Alan, what's your team? I think we'll, we'll see Jenna. It's safe to say she'll be in goals. Uh, Rachel and Nicker pretty much nailed on. It's, you know, a toss of a coin where no, you've got to see Michelle or Cathy, but I think she'll go with Cathy. Then midfield, I think probably they'll stick with Jodie and Brogan at wide. I think it might be Chelsea loses it for Rachel playing in the centre with Annie. And then Met Megan, she got the jersey. I think it'll take a wee bit to take it off her. Kirsty will start and don't know whether it's wishful thinking or not, but I've got a sneaking suspicion that she might give a nod to Laura Berry to start with Kirsty. Just shows the strength and depth we've got that it's two different teams. What's who's, yours? Who's, oof, well, it's going to be Jenna, unless Vic flies back very soon. <laughs> uh, I'd say Rachel, Cathy, Nick, Nick with the armband, uh, Rogan. Rachel, Chelsea, Jodie, and then Megan, Rio, and Kirsty Howitt. So it's, it's, it's feels so difficult with leaving like the likes of Tess and that out, which has been a stalwart in the team for us, but really going to need to fight for their jerseys now, I think. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely. I think the only reason I left Kathy out was because I wasn't sure where she was at in terms of like her nose and stuff from you know the the Celtic game where she came on and yeah, immediately got her nose broken within like ten seconds. So I wasn't sure where she was at with that. You know, if she was fully fit, it probably would be Kathy. I mean, it's just incredible how many players we've got now that of quality that we 
you know, can't all decide who'd be your nailed on starting eleven each week. I think it goes depending on team. I don't know whether you just go with experience to start and then, you know, as the game goes on, we're winning quite comfortably. You then bring the younger players on to get them some minutes. I'd love Mia to start, potentially. She looks absolutely fantastic taking players on, not scared to cut inside and shoot. I think she might need a little bit more time, but I'm very excited by her and Laura Berry as well. And, you know, even the, the other ones that haven't signed professional contracts, potentially Jenna Ferguson and that getting some more time this season. We've got a great academy, so... It's very exciting times coming up the next couple of years with who's going to get promoted into the first team. I think as well, Alan, the strength and depth we've got makes it very difficult for teams to plan how they're going to play against us because we've got different players that can play in different positions that can throw up a challenge depending on who's actually picked. Well, definitely. And from memory, I don't remember many other teams playing the shape that we are going to play. Last, from last season's games so teams will hopefully not be so used to coming up against this formation which might give us a, a decent sort of start in the league obviously as time goes on people will start learning how to play against it and counter it but if it gives us a, a boost going into the start of the season while teams work it out then we'll take any benefit we can get do you think this is going to help us beat the low block that everybody sets up against us? I mean, I'm hoping and praying. I'm really hoping and praying because that was really our downfall last season. We just could not seem to break down any team that sat behind the ball. and It was frustrating at times to watch. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping the fact that we are sitting higher up, pressing better, you know, aren't scared to get out wide and then kind of play it in and then through the middle through Megan or whoever and then play balls through we've got so many more options than we had last season we were so set in stone last season that everybody just knew what to do just sit there and we can't do anything we'll just throw in aimless crosses and not much will come with it so I'm very excited I think Joel will have a plan if something comes up and we can't figure it out I think she'll very quickly have a plan to be able to fix it and change it Yeah I certainly think that too I think she's going to have a plan A, B and C rather than the plan A that we're Stuck with last year. No, oh, definitely. As you talk about the low block, as Carr mentioned about Rachel Rowe, she really likes to take shots outside the box. And last year we didn't tend to do that. So teams could sit in a really low block because you knew they didn't have to close down the shot. So they just sit in and make it really hard for us to get in behind. If you're at least make, making them have a doubt and think about it, they're going to come out just that wee bit more. And Playing two up top and one in behind, we're going to have more more players central. So we've got to have more people in the box, which will hopefully help us uh, beat the low block. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. So, Alan, as a man with the stats, <laughs> who do you think, we'll go, we'll go early, we'll come back to this at the end of the season, who do you think is going to top your charge for goal scorer and assists this season? One player for each, or unless somebody gets both. Probably hard to look by Kirsty Howitt being top scorer again. Uh, I think the, the work that she puts in, and I think she'll really benefit from having our players closer to her, and no be caught in uh, desperation to get involved, so dropping deep in, picking a ball up in the half line. So I think Kirsty Howitt stays fit. She'll, she'll be top scorer probably pushed quite hard by by Rio 
to imagine, but definitely see Kirsty being top. And maybe get a surprise, maybe go go for somebody like Vianney, maybe get more involved, higher up the park, getting a lot more assists, you know, looking at it. She's going to get, she got eight assists last season, you know, playing mostly quite deep. But I think in this formation, you've got to see Kirsty McLean make more an impact on games, press far and forward. Whether she will be top or no, I don't know, but uh, definitely might be a dark horse for top and assist charts. That's fine. We'll come back to the end of the season and see if you were right. (laughs) Do you agree with Kirsty and Kirsty? I mean, I don't know how... I mean, Leslie's to come back, Gaines to come back. We don't know how they're going to be when they come back. Kirsty could potentially get injured. We just have no idea. So to ask me this is just... I mean, at the current moment with everybody's fitness levels and, you know, not really having that much knowledge, I'd probably say Kirsty Howard, just purely because she, you know, she was at last season. Um, she scores from everywhere. Assess is a different, difficult one. I think potentially Megan, as long as she can stay fit and she is constantly, you know, played in behind her, potentially, you know, maybe out wider sometimes. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be Megan for assists. Well, I'll just be totally different. I think Rio will be the top goal scorer, considering she could score with pretty much any part of her body. And I would agree with Megan, closely followed by we any for the assists, I would say. So we'll come back at the end of the season and see how right or wrong we were. And finally, predictions. How many trophies are we going to win this season? Alan? Two. We'll make a mistake somewhere, but we'll win the league and win the Cups. I want it to be three, of course I do, but, you know, new formation, new setup. We're probably going to have some bumps in the road, but I'll finish with the league title. Carl, you said the treble last season, and it didn't happen. Yeah. What you see this season? I mean, I've already said on a on a different podcast that we're going to win the league unbeaten. So I'm not shy from a bold prediction. So I'm going three. I think we're going to go out all guns blazing and just blow every team in the league away, and we're just going to win it all. Yeah, I'm going to go with Car. I'm going to be optimistic. We'll win everything. We'll get some shiny new trophies in our museum. So I think unless you have anything else you want to add, so that is done. Well, you mentioned the museum. Or did we speak about that? There is a good wee bit about the women's team in there. And I won't spoil it for anybody that's not been, but de- definitely worth checking out. The club have done a brilliant job on it. We've got some of the women's team featured in there and some of the features. So That is good that the team's represented then, Carl. We've kind of pushed for that. So looking forward yeah. to seeing that. Yeah, I think it's... Sometimes we question how much the club actually cares about the women's setup and how much of it is just tick boxing sometimes because the media stuff isn't great and sometimes it feels like we're just kind of left out of the loop until the last minute because they just remembered to tell us something. So to actually be ingrained in part of that museum for, you know, 151 coming up years of history of this club is it's such a good thing. And I think they couldn't have left it out, but to have like a whole part and obviously I think the, the trophies 
you know, that we've won the last couple of seasons are in there as well, which is so nice. So it's fantastic. And I think the club is getting better at being more one club, being more caring about the women's side, but we've got a long way to go yet. On that note, actually, as I said earlier, to get your tickets for next weekend, it's sold by Spartans. You can go to fan base. They were a bit difficult to find during the week. They were kind of in the schedule area, but I think they played today, possibly. So they should be the next game that's up. So get your tickets, come along and support the team. And I think that's us for tonight. So thanks to Alan and Carr. Thanks, Laura. We'll, we'll see you very soon. Thank you very much.